0: You are listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Mamba and Andrew Cooper. What is going on everybody? John Pember here with Andrew Cooper. This is the Quick Out Fantasy Football podcast recording here. A day or two before the Fantasy Football Expo, group. you and I will be in Canton, Ohio for the FF Expo, getting to network and connect with a bunch of our friendly fantasy football analysts. We'll say that we uh, we interact with them on a day-to-day basis on Twitter. We get to represent the Fantasy Alarm brand. We're going to have plenty of Fantasy Alarm family members there as well. Howard Bender, Adam Brunness, Colby Conway, Ryan Hallam, yourself. Me, Kev Tompkins, Britt Flynn's going to be there. And even Justin Fencerman is making the drive up. So we're going to have a pretty stacked crew of family members there representing at the Expo. So we figured, no, why not get a podcast out beforehand? Breaking down something that I know that you're pretty passionate about. Something that you've studied and analyzed. And that is the target totem pole. So that is what we are going to be discussing today. And the impact on and the of targets when it comes to fantasy value.
1: Yeah, so this is like a secret weapon of mine that I really haven't shared with, I've kind of shared it with some friends and stuff, but I've never actually published it. This year I'm publishing it. I talked to you, I talked to Howard about it. I think it's an important enough tool. And basically here's how it works, is we create a target depth chart of where what we think the pecking order is going to be for targets. But not only do we do that, but we go in and color code the players with how likely we think they are to either to get over 100 targets and whether it's possible or not. And that helps you not only identify which guys are kind of locked to take early, but also see where there's some uncertainty and where you can lean into that later in your drafts. My mantra has always been in the early part of your drafts, you want as much certainty as possible. You want to use your high leverage picks on studs. Later on, though, uncertainty becomes your friend. If you have a team where there's one good player and then there's four that could be the second target waiting and taking one of those options at a very cheap deal could get you a guy that comes up we saw it with the carolina panthers a couple of years ago when matt rule became the coach everyone thought dj moore would be the top dog robbie anderson curtis samuel going like wide receiver 64 and 65 turns out new organization things were uncertain both robbie anderson and Curtis Samuel ended up being deals so this is what we're going to do here we have five labels We're going to look at the top five pass catchers on each team with five labels. Blue is a lock for over 100 targets. Last year, pretty much every fantasy relevant player, the top 36 wide receivers or so, got 100 targets. That's kind of the the bar, the barrier to entry, right? Then we're going to do green for players we think it's likely, but it's not a lock. Yellow for anyone that we think it's possible. Orange for guys where it's an outside shot, but it's not very likely. And then if a guy's labeled red, that means that we think it's just, it's not going to happen. You look at a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, for instance, just to give you one off the top. And with Jamar Chase and T Higgins, those guys blue, probably gonna be 100. With a guy like Aiden Hurst, if there's that many targets going to those guys, he's probably gotta be red. So we'll go through and just hit it on each team. And then I'm gonna post this so that you can go in and look at it, but it'll give you an idea of how we feel about it. And when you look at it, if you disagree, That's a place where you can generate value, especially if you disagree with us. You say, hey, I think it goes this way. Draft that guy. Let's get into it, John.
0: Yeah, so like I said, we'll start off. We'll go team by team here, uh, breaking down the receivers. And you talk about targets. I love talking targets. I'd rather a guy that gets 10 targets a game because it allows for opportunities to score points. When we talk weekly fantasy football, you're looking at guys that are on the waiver wires checking out targets is a good fat indicator of potential production. Instead of looking at the guy that may have gotten four catches on four targets and had a big day, the four targets he has to be super efficient on. So I'm with you. I like looking at guys that get a high target volume. And the Arizona Cardinals. We're kicking it off here. Marquise Brown acquired during the, uh, the NFL draft. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be suspended for the first six games of the season. Last year, they acquired Zach Ertz. They still have A.J. Green, and they drafted Rondale Moore last year. Many expect him to take a leap forward. How would you go about ranking that wide-receiving group when it comes to target value?
1: Yeah, so I think first and foremost, you have to have Marquise Brown first, simply because if DeAndre Hopkins was playing every game, then we'd have him first. But he's going to miss six games. That means he's only playing, what is it, he's only playing... 11 of the games right yeah. so you have to you can't have him first I don't think you can even have him second so I have Marquise Brown as the first one Zach Ertz as second DeAndre Hopkins even missing the games I think he's going to come back and get the third most targets on the team and then you round it out with AJ Green and Rondell Moore and ne- not the ranking itself for some of these guys isn't necessarily as important when you look at the chart if the colors are the same for certain guys, right? If there are two guys and they're both blue, we don't know for sure who's going to get more targets, but we predict them to be towards the top. Same with the second. If you have the guys in spot three, four, and five, and they're all yellow or orange, that means there's some uncertainty as to the order. And you kind of can potentially lean into the later guys. So for these guys, I'm thinking Marquise Brown, blue, lock for over hundred, John.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you're just looking at that offense in general, and you looked at how the offense ran last season. Even once DeAndre Hawkins comes back, i will sure he's going to be a guy that gets the majority of the targets. But Brown will at that point be so far enough ahead that even a slight decrease in him in the second half should still get him over the 100 targets.
1: Yeah, so we'll have him as blue. Zacherts, I think you can put him as green. He's not—I don't think he's a lock, but I think there's a good chance that he can get to 100 with the, especially with the suspension to Hopkins. I mean, it might be top-heavy with him getting a lot of them early, but it doesn't really matter necessarily how you get there. What are your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, listen, I think that proved last year that. When Hopkins went down with that injury, he was among the best tight ends in fantasy football. And he proven that he and Kyler Murray actually have a really good connection with one another. So I'm almost a little bit more bullish on Ertz just in general as a fantasy asset this year. And it wouldn't shock me knowing how much that we think that the Cardinals are going to throw the football if Ertz can still get over that 100 yard, oh, sorry, over that 100 target mark, even when Hopkins is back, even with Marquise Brown playing alongside of him this season.
1: Yeah, the thing is he did get 112 last year, but I mean he did get we didn't get a, a very big sample size of games with Hopkins. So, while I am a believer in Ertz and I'm drafting Ertz and I wrote the article on all that, we got I feel like we have to be as objective as possible with this uh, with this sheet and as conservative as possible. I think saying he's likely to get over 100 is the conservative answer versus a lock. Sure. For the blue ones, there's enough guys that we know they're going to get 140 or 100 30 targets. And those guys, I think, is where you put, you slap the blue on there and call him locks. If it's a guy that we say, I think he can do it or I think he will do it, those will make him green. So we got Brown as blue, Ertz green, Hopkins, I'm putting as yellow, where it's possible for him to get over 100, but, yeah. you know, he's only playing 11 games. So that's a serious target here. We're talking like eight, nine targets a game. Yeah. And then AJ Green and Rondell Moore. Now, what do you think orange for those guys that it's possible or should, you know, is it either of those guys to you? Do you look at him and say, there's no chance?
0: I don't feel like Rondell Moore is going to get there. I, he would, he has at the very least three guys ahead of him in the pecking order, depending on how you feel about AJ green. And it would take something from, I think it would take an injury to Brown included with the Hopkins absence for him to really seal a high target share. Not a lot of people are high on him this year. You know, they're expecting him to break out given where the draft capital investment was with him last year, but I don't see where he fits in a role with this offense. I don't know. Do you see him like starting slot receiver, getting a bunch of targets, or do you see him more so falling behind like a Marquise Brown and sort of the role that he plays?
1: Yeah, so that's the real problem is that I think he's going to be a guy like on first down when you start the game, you're pulling out all the stops and you have him slot. But what, he was really bad at, at run blocking last year. And you saw it not only in the stats from pro football focus, but in the highlights too. like one, he had one opportunity to really prove himself and he got a, a holding penalty that that could have been a huge play for Kyler. So I think that he does end up coming out. Of, he's the guy that comes out of the game when you are going three wide receivers or you're going with blocking sets. So, I mean, if Dodger Hopkins wasn't suspended, both AJ Green and Rondale Moore we would be red for sure on this chart. So yep. I say, you know, what we're basically doing here is we're bumping Green up to Orange, and that's fair. So I think that that looks pretty good. Yeah, because to dude. me,
0: Green is going to start in place of Hopkins here until right, Hopkins he's gonna... is back. So exactly.
1: He's going to be a full-time split end. He's the big guy that can mm-hmm. tether his foot to the line. He'll be out there every snap. Okay. So yeah, so let's go down to the Falcons.
0: Yep. Yeah, so Atlanta, this is obviously, uh, I think, a big point of contention for most Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, quarter Patterson, Brian Edwards, and Olamide Zaccheaus, potentially there is your top pass catching options. Marcus Mariota at quarterback. I think we can certainly lock in Kyle Pitts. We're not, I'm not going to argue with the target volume that Kyle Pitts is going to get. And I probably feel the same way about Drake London as well.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, I think that's fair to do them to make them both for the sake of this chart blue. I think it's going to be top heavy enough, and with some of these guys, it's it almost ends up being di- by default, right? If this team still had, if they didn't, if they didn't lose. Russell Gage to the Bucks, who then also lost Russell Gage, then there'd be more of an argument against making him blue. But in this case, I think it's top-heavy enough that both those dudes are pretty much locks for over 100. And then after that, we're just sorting out where the rest of them go. And I don't think any of these other guys should even be yellow. I don't think anybody is even really in that range where you're like, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I think The only thing I
0: could potentially see is if they move – Patterson back to a wide receiver and they just commit to the running backs that they have on their roster as a running back uh, whether it's mm. Algier, Damian Williams, like whomever. If they at some point recommit to Patterson as sort of a wide receiver then maybe he finds his way into getting a volume of targets but again this is an offense where Marcus Mariota's never thrown more than 450 passes in his career in a single season. They're going to run a lot of RPOs. I don't know if he even throws 500 times this year and if he's not throwing that many times where are all these targets going. So,
1: yeah, I mean, he would need, first of all, anytime we have two guys that are blue, I don't like making the third guy sure. that high just be, because it's so rare. You know what I mean? It like there were, there have been a few instances of teams that did have three players all getting a hundred plus targets. If it should happen more often now, there's an extra game. But last year, depending on where you look, there was either no team, so if you go to Pro Football Focus, they said no team last year had 300. Three guys all get 100-plus targets. And there's a cert, a couple sites like Pro Football Reference that had the Cowboys just barely doing it. Yeah. But historically speaking, it doesn't happen that often. Patterson last year only had 69 targets in 16 games, so it would take a pretty big jump. I feel best putting it as unlikely. I mean, that, that leaves the door open that it's possible. But I just I don't think it's super likely.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't think it's super likely either.
1: Yeah. And then the other two guys we have here, we have Brian Edwards and Elimide Zacarias as the next two. We don't know who's going to win that kind of third role. They could, in three wide receiver sets where Kyle Pitts is actually playing tight end, they could both be out there. But I think what ends up happening is one of them is playing a full-time role with Pitts occupying the third wide receiver spot often and them using an extra tight end. So I think only one of these guys can sneak in as like a... DFS dart throw. So I'm putting them both back there. I think I give Brian Edwards the leg up a little bit, but I don't even really know why. John, do you yeah, have an opinion? Uh, I
0: mean, my, my thinking with Edwards is simply that Mariota was the backup quarterback in Las Vegas. So yeah. huh. I, I don't know if they talk all the time. Like, is it a coincidence when, you know, quarterback, wide receiver relationships, You know, all of a sudden they sort of refine themselves at times playing together. So Mariota comes over into Atlanta, and all of a sudden Atlanta makes a trade for Brian Edwards. Does that seem like a connection there to me it does so
1: yep no i like that that's a narrative right there and i like that if
0: there's ever if there was ever one like why else would atlanta go out and trade for brian Edwards? so
1: right and we're talking these guys are essentially wide receiver handcuffs like whoever is the next guy you're only interested in him in normal fantasy leagues if one of pitts or london goes down so that's where we're at now just double checking london blue rather than green correct Okay. That's where I'm at. Right.
0: That's where I'm at. Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews had a breakout season last year. Definitely going to be a guy that's going to go over 100, probably go over 120. Rashad Bateman, we saw what Marquise Brown did last season. Really strong year. Many people, including yourself, super high on Bateman. I would put him as blue as well. But after that, it gets questionable. I don't know if I would have anybody as yellow. I think they may be green, orange, or red for me when it comes to targets here.
1: Yeah, honestly, I mean, just... I think they should all be read. I think the first top two, because of the way the offense works, and I wrote about it in the Rashad Bateman article, if you go on our page or just Google Andrew Cooper or Fantasy Alarm Rashad Bateman, they use so many blocking tight ends and fullbacks. And Patrick Ricard last year was playing legit 60 to 70% of the snaps when he was healthy. We're not even talking like just half the snaps. Some of these games he was playing 70% of the snaps. Every time you use a guy like that, takes a wide receiver off the field. And every time Nick Boyle plays, takes a wide receiver off the field. So for me, like I look at it and I say, I would be shocked if J.K. Dobbins got 100 targets. It's just, it's not something that that happens in this offense. It's not something that happens very often in many offenses. I mean, it's a couple of years ago, before Christian McCaffrey came around, there were like two dudes in the history of the league as running backs that had 100 targets. It was like LaDainian Tomlinson and Larry Center. So like for me, the guys that I'm putting as even possible to get 100 targets, they got to be... They got to be like stud receiving backs. So Dobbins, I don't think it's possible, and I have him third. I don't know if you think Duvernay or Nick Boyle or somebody no. should be ahead of. No, yeah, you no. like the. Yeah, this is no.
0: a run heavy offense, and they have a very consolidated target share. So I don't see a reason to have anybody else even considered for that many targets, in my opinion. So right next team, I think we could maybe see a third guy, but I think Stephon Diggs, 100% with Buffalo, is going to clear easily clear that. Probably be among the target leaders, in my opinion. Gabe Davis. I guess is really the question, and you have the depth chart sort of listed out here. So I gotta get your, I gotta get your answer. You have Isaiah McKenzie listed, obviously going into the year, a lot of people were in on Jamison Crowder, McKenzie getting the bigger camp hype. Is that how you're looking at it?
1: That's how I'm looking at it, and I believe that the Bills had to give a depth chart to reporters, and they had McKenzie in that spot. So I was in on Crowder, but as of now, we have to go with you know, what we're hearing and seeing. but If it changes, then we'll change the chart. We're going to do our best to keep this updated. But for now, we have to assume that McKenzie's in that slot spot just because he's been running ahead and that's how they have him on the chart. So for me, I got to have him in that position, whoever it is, whichever guy moves in that right. spot. And then Crowder could even be fifth. But I have James Cook here just because I think if they wanted to get Jaden McKissick, couldn't get him. They went out, they drafted James Cook. I feel like they're going to use him. So the question here ends up being Diggs clearly blue. Gabe Davis, we can't put him blue. The guy has his best season so far, 35 catches. Do you think he's li- a, a likely over 100 guy or a possible over 100
0: guy? I think he's likely an over 100 guy because they didn't bring in anybody to yeah. replace that role. I mean, I think he's going to get it. Again, I know we're talking about likely. We're not trying to talk certainties. But Cole Beasley is a guy that has gotten over 100 targets like in this offense. We've seen the number two receiver in this offense be someone that has success, right? Three straight years over 100 targets for Cole Beasley. They didn't bring in anybody really to replace Emmanuel Sanders or John Brown. You got those guys that were there before they kept on bringing someone in. Now this is Gabe Davis's role, right? So if somebody else has to get 100 targets on this offense next to Stefon Diggs, to me, Davis is the guy that steps in there and does the it.
1: It's likely him. And then for the other two guys, I would just say that because, James, sorry, because Cole Beasley got 100 targets in that slot role, I'll say that whoever's playing that slot role, it becomes possible. So for me, I don't, I'll label Dawson Knox as yellow, saying it's possible, and Isaiah McKenzie yellow, saying it's possible. Everyone else, unlikely. Uh, or, I mean, I would just put, go as far as say it's not possible. So for, like, James Cook, I don't think he's getting 100 targets. He'll be labeled red. So you cool with Knox and McKenzie being labeled yellow? Because it is, I mean, like, last year... the Knox would that, be
0: surprising, but I could see it.
1: It could happen. It could happen. That's...
0: It feels
1: like a long shot though. I don't know man. He last year he broke his hand and he had 71 in 15 games, I man. It's yeah, I mean it could be again they're losing, they lost their flanker. I was a guy that was off Knox, but this year I just think that the uncertainty with the whole moving forward with no flanker like they had John Brown, they had Emmanuel Sanders now they're moving Davis over to that role. I think it, it for me I think it's it's possible enough.
0: That's fine. He was on a seventeen game pace for eighty targets last year, so and
1: when you like I like to kind of also have a check and balance thing where I do the math on on where it I mean, yeah, I mean maybe he should be. Do you think Isaiah McKenzie should be ahead of Dawson Knox on this sheet?
0: I would think that they would probably throw to the receiver over to the tight end more, in my opinion. Okay.
1: Right now, it will make Dawson Knox orange.
0: Because, I mean, even Emmanuel Sanders last year was on pace for almost 90 targets over 17 games. So they throw to the receivers in this offense more than it yeah. seems like they throw to the tight end. So they also throw a lot. Josh Allen throws a ton. So, you know, targets are definitely going to be there. Carolina Panthers, DJ Moore, we know what his target share has been like. Christian McCaffrey, if he's healthy, 100 targets seems almost a lock. I think, I don't think we're going to give him the blue, but he. Probably as big of a probably a good chance of being blue. Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, and Ian Thomas round out that group.
1: Yeah. I think you gotta make you gotta make DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey blue. Okay. I mean McCaffrey when hell like because we're not projecting injuries into this unless sure. the guy is actually hurt or out. So like Michael Gallup right now is hurt. So we're gonna project that. Christian McCaffrey's not hurt. And when you look at what's the uh, David Dr. David Chow has a website now where they include all factors and try and come up with an injury score that they think whether they think Guy's going to get hurt or not. And I saw that he's a 95 out of 100 on that site, which I don't really know the scale or the intricate details, but from what the tweets about him been saying is that they don't think that the rolled ankle from last year is something that at this point is a big risk of re-injury, any more than any other running back just for playing running back. I'm willing to put it put it there. Robbie Anderson, probably, because those two guys are blue, he can't be higher than yellow, I don't
0: i agree i mean he did get a lot of, he had 110 targets last year but obviously no mccaffrey changes that
1: yeah and then we rounded out Terrace marshall probably should be red i'll put him Ian uh, Thomas. Marshall, in
0: my opinion is better than robbie anderson but i don't think i would to play him that way so
1: i know huge hit to Terr- Terrace marshall that they fired the coach from lsu that was the offensive coordinator there miles because that was his in right like you have the offensive coordinator, and then you draft the player that played for him in college. That was Terrace Marshall's like direct line to to move up quickly. And then once they fired him, it, it I mean, you have to say that it, it hurts him a little bit. They changed the offense from one that he knows, and now it's kind of a big change in course. So that was a setback for him, at least. But I still like him in dynasty. I'm holding on to him.
0: Yep, that's fine. Let's
1: do the let's do the Bears. All
0: right, so the Bears is, is interesting because we have Darnell Mooney, top guy last year, Colt Komet, a guy you and I both are big fans of. David Montgomery, the running back, I feel, is a question because we've heard that they like Khalil Herbert. They're going to use rotate both running backs and how they're going to run that offense. Plus, if then we know that mobile quarterbacks don't tend to throw to the running back often, and we know Fields is expected to run a lot. You have Byron Pringle, you got Velas Jones that they drafted in the second round this year. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> this one, bro. I think this it's one. Darnell
0: Mooney and then maybe Cole Command, and then I don't even know if the, if the others would get
1: there. That's what I'm saying. So I'm thinking Mooney Blue. He had 140 targets last year. He's getting 100. Cole Komet had 93 last year. I can't put him blue because I can't guarantee the targets, but I think they're going to be there. So he's green. After that, I've just read, everybody read across the board. I had Montgomery just now as orange, but I would be shocked if Montgomery got 100 targets, especially, like you said, with a mobile quarterback. I think this is just going to be one of those offenses where the quarterback is running so much that it saps – just the fantasy value in general you know what i mean yeah. it's it's the about basketball man if the point guard is shooting all the time there's not a lot of assists out there so that's that's the way it's got to be for this bears offense and the next the rounds out byron pringle villas jones but you know no, i don't think anybody in their right mind would suggest that those guys are locks or even likely to get 100
0: Showing. Yeah, no, it would have to take a huge, I think, leap forward from and their game plan of like just throwing downfield for the either of those guys to take a step forward, I think. So and, and we don't really know what that Bears offense is going to look like, but a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, still no offensive line there. So definitely some question marks outside of the top two. We don't have question marks really though with the next team. That's the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think Joe Burrow may ten to lead the league in pass attempts this year, truthfully. So you have Jamar Chase, you have T Higgins, you have Tyler Boyd. I think the first two should be blue. I think the yeah. third, I think Tyler Boyd could be yellow. <laughs> and then
1: I think Boyd could be green, honestly. Okay. Like it's super highly consolidated. There, there, there's going to be, and I'm the guy that says it doesn't happen because it doesn't happen. Like it doesn't happen that often for two guys, for three guys to all get hundred plus targets. But if we're predicting a team to do it, I think this is a team to go with and i think that tyler boyd he had 94 last year he missed a game true so i think it yeah two blues and a green likely and then everybody else is
0: yeah i don't think i mean i don't think mixon's gonna get them i think you could see evans get more targets than mixon the way they're talking about evans potentially getting over samaji piran this year and then they're not going to throw to the tight end hayden hurst as much as howard bender likes the idea of hayden hurst there
1: Hayden Hurst is a good guy we can move hurst ahead of mixon then just because of Chris yeah. evans I think that's I think that's fair because I think you can and your opinion on Boyd whether you think he's a green or a yellow it doesn't really matter because it's like he's going to have somewhere between 90 if everything everyone stays healthy he'll have somewhere between 90 and 100 and it's just it's you're splitting hairs but I think that of all the teams this is one. Like you said, they could lead the the lead the league in passing. There's an extra game now. If I was going to if I you had if I had to bet on one team to have three guys get 100 targets, I'd pick this team. So, I think it I'm willing to go blue green.
0: I'm with you. I think that's fair. Again, we we know they're going to throw a ton. So, there's a really good chance that Boyd gets there. Maybe Chase and Higgins are going to get there for sure. Big question mark with Cleveland though. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. And mm. depending on who the quarterback's going to be, I think is how it impacts how many of these guys may get to that target mark. Amari Cooper, I think you can for sure lock in, but how do you rank the rest of those guys? Njoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Bell, and even Cream Hunt still being there, assuming he's still there after requesting his trade.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not making any play. So Amari Cooper's going to be blue. No other player is going to even be green. Where we say it's likely they get 100, everyone else, you can just... We're deciding whether it's possible or unlikely. So I would say David Njoku's second, and I think it's possible he gets 100, but I wouldn't project it. I wouldn't predict it. He's one of those ones where you take a stab on him at his ADP just because it's a possibility he could be the second target on the team, but it's not like Cole Komet where we could be confident. So I think it goes Njoku, then Peoples-Jones, and then the real question is rounding it out whether you think it's a rookie David Bell or Kareem Hunt. If he stayed healthy last year, would have had... 50-plus targets, so he probably should be fourth over. No, I think maybe as a slot guy, Bell could be fourth. So I would go Bell, then Cream Hunt, but both those guys just read no chance they get 100 targets unless something crazy happened. It's just not a team that throws like that.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I think if Watson's quarterback, that could change. You're not going to trade for – you're not going to pay Watson all that money to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb 300 times. I think (laughs) they're going to throw. So if the suspension – is only six games, which it won't be. If Goodell wants a year; he's going to get a year. But until that comes down, this is—I agree with you—how we have it. Dallas, Dak Prescott. That offense has been one of the higher-volume passing offenses in football over the last few years. Obviously, the receiving group taking a hit. No more, no more Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup not going to be ready for the year. James Washington out. So CD Lamb for sure lock him in. Could be <laughs> among the target leaders this year. Dalton Schultz last year had a breakout season. And then you got rookie Jalen Tolbert as probably the guy starting alongside those two, those three rather, to start the year, given the injuries.
1: Yeah, man, Schultz, dude, he played every game last year and he had 104 targets. If Michael Gallup was healthy, I think Schultz, I wouldn't have Schultz any higher than Yellow. With Gallup hurt, kind of got to make him green that it's likely he gets 100, John. I agree. I agree. Yeah, love Dalton Schultz. The thing about Dalton Schultz is he doesn't—he's not good versus man-to-man. He's not particularly athletic. He doesn't really create for himself. He's more of an afterthought type player. But you know, this is the team that led the league in touchdowns last year. They're always the top five in pass attempts every year, so you got to have him up there. But you know, he's a guy. If I draft him, I'm still drafting another tight end. But that—that—that that was last week's episode. So yeah, C.D. Lamb blue, Schultz green, Gallup possible. I say he's got to be possible yellow because he could come back. And do it. I
0: mean, he could, but that's he would need to get a ton of targets over the final 11 games. And that's assuming he comes back and is just like com- immediately ready to go play a full run. So <laughs>
1: But I'm doing the same thing. Like you just did just now, you did what I've been doing, where in my mind, because DeAndre Hopkins has suspended six games, I look at Godwin and Gallup and I say six games, but Gallup could miss one game. He could miss two games. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know how many games he's going to miss. So I think he's got a a year
0: on IR. Doesn't he have to miss a certain amount of games?
1: So not so no, because he can start the season on the pup list. When you start on the pup list from that, the pup list that the rules are so weird. The pup list that carries over from preseason, I think you can come back. I think it's only four games or or you might be able to come back at any point. But he had 62 targets in only nine games last year. And he cracked 100 both years before that. That's why I got to put him as yellow
0: there. Yeah, that's fine. So Otherwise, he's if he, always if he, if he worried, wasn't... I always worry a little bit on injury guys because like, unlike a suspension where Hawkins comes back, he's not hurt. He's just ready to go. He's been running around practicing. The guys come back from injury and then they're on like a 30 snap count and then they're on like a 60 snap count and beca- or, or percent snap count and then it'll kind of like increases up from there. So he may miss four games, but he not be might not be playing full snaps until eight games or something like that. So... That's kind of where I worry a little bit sometimes yeah. with these injury guys, but it all depends on the circumstance.
1: Okay. Well, as we get closer to the season, when we see – Yeah, as we get closer to the season, when we see what the what the designation is and where he goes, then we'll adjust that one. But for now, I think that it's fair to say that it's possible. Okay, so they're required to miss at least four games. So if he's – yeah,
0: it's, it's iffy. It's iffy for me. But, yeah, if it's at least four and he's fully Orange. ready to go, then that's great. If it's four and he is eased back into the workload – who knows how long it takes him to get those full reps.
1: Yeah. So he needs to get to over seven targets a game when he comes back too. if he misses four games, we'll make him orange. Okay. I think that's fair. I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. And if he's, but if he's, if he avoids the pup list, meaning they think that he can play within those first four games, we're switching him back to yellow.
0: Yep. That's fair. Okay. Broncos. I mean, Jerry Judy for me, I've been talking it all off season. I think he's the number one guy in this offense. Okay. He was the best receiver coming out of that draft class. And, I think he landed in an awful spot a couple years ago. Good chance, but now with Russell Wilson to bounce back. Same thing with Court and Sutton. We've seen Russell Wilson support DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, thousand yard years and 100-target seasons. So both of those guys, to me, are perfectly in the blue.
1: Oh, blue. And I just did the article that I do on looking at Vegas odds. Here's the crazy one for me and why we have Judy ahead of Sutton is that Vegas – has Sutton at 925 yards over under and five and a half touchdowns. And they have Judy at 950 yards and six and a half touchdowns. So Vegas is kind of projecting Judy to be better both in both categories. Yeah, Sutton's going ahead in ADP. I think that's something we saw last year with Brandon Ayuk was going ahead of Debo Samuel, but Vegas had Debo Samuel with a higher over-under than Brandon Ayuk. They kind of knew something we didn't know in this instance. I'm willing to trust Vegas enough to just take Jerry Judy at his ADP. And like you said, we've kind of been taking Judy ahead of Sutton. So that's how I have it set. And then for the rest of these guys, I'm putting Alberto, Orange, Hamler, and Marvin both ran. So not you didn't happy.
0: have Javante over Gordon? I think he had more catches and targets last year, didn't he?
1: Yeah, put him on there. I mean, they both ran. They both played the ex- virtually the same number of pass plays, but... I think Williams, even with the missed game for Melvin, would have had more receptions. So he yeah, we'll put Javante.
0: Forty-three and 50, 43 catches, fifty-three targets for Javante Williams last year. Melvin had twenty-eight and thirty-eight.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Javante had. So, but still red because as yeah, long yeah, as there's yeah. two of them, it's just not gonna happen. Uh,
0: un- yeah, unless, like you said, unless we both misread this situation, right, where we right. think that Melvin Gordon is gonna go right back into a forty-five percent work share or whatever it is, then yeah. So I think how we have it is correct.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Let's. That one became a lot easier when Tim Patrick got hurt, honestly.
0: <laughs> I agree with you. Lions have Hawkinson, Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark, DeAndre Swift, and Jameson Williams as their top cashing options here. I know that you've taken a lot of hate about Amon Ross St. Brown. Do you feel that he is, despite the target competition, a guy that we can rely on for 100 targets?
1: I like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like he, like last year, whenever it was healthy, Hawkinson and Swift led the team. I still think Hawkinson is probably the target leader on this team. It could be Amon Rusty Brown. It could be DJ Chark. It could be DeAndre Swift. And Jamison Williams, we don't know. It could just be that when Jamison Williams comes back, he's the best player on the team by far. You just, you never know with these teams that were complete skeleton crews one year, which is devoid of talent. And the next year when the talent comes in, everything shifts like the biggest example was with jared goff when they were on the rams like kenny Britt had well over 100 targets he had over a thousand yards but they were kind of tanking they were still doing a rebuild then when they brought in all the wide receivers like robert woods and, and cooper cup and all these guys like it was clear that kenny Britt was basically just the one-eyed king in the land of the blind yeah. so now that we have these guys coming in a lot of hype about dj chark making all these diving catches and stuff for me, I, like, when you people look at this, they might care who's first, T.J. Hawkinson, Amon Rossi-Brown. To me, it doesn't matter. I think all these guys, all four of these top guys, are in my opinion, are yellow, where it's possible that they all get over-under targets, and we don't know for sure. So I think it should be Hawkinson, Amon Rossi-Brown, D.J. Chark, DeAndre Swift, all essentially on the same tier in terms yeah. of who could get the most targets, all yellow, as in it's possible, throw Jame Williams at the end as unlikely
0: with you yeah. next group could be a similar situation right alan lazard aaron jones christian watson romeo dobbs and randall cobb for the green bay packers we don't know necessarily who's going to be the uh, the top guys here right now watson's been dealing with an injury Dobbs and popping up in practice a lot of people are expecting alan lazard to step in and be that number one receiver and then we know there's some value with aaron jones in ppr and randall cobb is the, the best friend of aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, it's a mess, man. I'd be willing to put, just with all the talk of from Rodgers himself, of Lazard saying, of him saying, now Lazard gets to be the number one wide receiver, and like he used to have to block a ton. Now he gets to catch passes. It's kind of interesting that he's saying these things. He's saying a lot of things that fantasy gamers say. Rodgers coming out saying, well, there's going to be just as many targets and touchdowns. It's just a matter of where they go now. That's the fantasy gamer thing to say. Yeah. Quarterbacks don't usually say that. So I'm willing to put Lazard as green, as in he's likely, and then... I don't know I think Aaron Jones is the most possible to get 100 after him I don't know what your thoughts are on that but he's been the he's been he got the second most targets on this team in 2020 so I mean but it might be another case where it's unlikely I mean who do you who would you have second out of these guys Watson Romeo Dobbs Cobb
0: no I it's... think I think as you have it is probably how I would consider it I mean, unless Watson is maybe ready to go but he's it depends on how much time he ends up missing in my opinion so I, I think Aaron Jones could be that guy this year I really do
1: yeah, and you could even throw Tunyon as the sixth guy on there. just not super exciting. I mean, he played every game in 2020, and he had 59 targets. He had less than Aaron Jones. That's why coming off an ACL, I don't think all of a sudden now he's going to become this guy that is just like dominating targets. So with the Packers, yeah, that's one of the ones where it's kind of just pick you the guy that you like and take a stab on him. Because one of these guys, I feel like no question, one of these guys is going to be a huge value at their ADP. It's just a matter of picking the right one.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And that's, I mean, right now, a lot of the, a lot of the people are kind of moving up. So it would be interesting to see how it breaks down. What are your thoughts on the next team with Houston Texans?
1: Yeah, this one, Brandon Cook's clearly blue. He's the best player on the team. And the only one that there's not a lot of uncertainty around. So for me, he's the top dog. He's blue. He's perennially undervalued in drafts. I think he's the guy where you can feel good about taking him where he goes. Nico Collins, I'm going to have next, just because John Mechie, unfortunately, diagnosed with lymphoma, I believe it is. So he's done for the for the season with cancer, unfortunately. Hopefully, he gets well soon. So Nico Collins, I have second. And then third, I would have been more comfortable with Brevin Jordan before all these reports that Pharaoh Brown is the starter, quote unquote, even though he's more block happy and like trade for Adam Shaheen. I think Brevin Jordan is third still. But- I'm moving him to orange just because before it seemed like we had a pretty good shot. Now I think it's pretty clearly Nico Collins having the best shot and then Jordan being orange. After that, it's just, you don't, this is not an offense where you want to invest heavily. So I'm going with Rex Burkhead as a guy that, you know, is going to be probably the pass catching back. And then Chris Conley is probably the best wide receiver on the team after that, which more speaks to the lack of talent on the team. I it's like, John Mechie was a high draft pick that was supposed to be the next guy. He's unfortunately not going to play. So you're back to a situation you were in last year where it's, you just have these guys that are just guys.
0: Yeah. I got a tweet out earlier today saying that Nico Collins is quietly having a breakout camp. So we'll see how that translates to regular season play, but you know, if they're going to be behind a lot of games, they're going to throw a lot. So mm-hmm. we could have a breakout year from Nico Collins here as well, just by default.
1: Yeah, he's, to me, like I always comp him to Kenny Galladay. He's got the same size, same speed, same size and speed, like physically. They were drafted with the same draft capital, third round picks right around 90. I think Collins actually went a little earlier than Galladay and similar play style. So it's all up to Davis Mills. But I think Nico Collins is such a great stab at ADP just because when you look at who could be the second target after Cooks, he's starting to look like a shoe in now. So yeah, pretty easy one there.
0: Indianapolis Colts. You have Michael Pittman. I think we certainly lock that one in. Lock him uh, in. Then it's some questions after that. Rookie Alec Pierce. Does Paris Campbell stay healthy? Naeem Hines. How many targets does he end up finding himself getting? Uh, and then who is the starting tight end? Does Kylan Granton become that pass-catching option for them? Does he find himself behind Ali Cox? Some big questions there as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's, they these are very similar situations in terms of the tight end, Texans and Colts, where – My opinion is that the starting tight ends are too block heavy to be particularly relevant in fantasy. Mo Cox, Pharaoh Brown. Mo Cox blocked more than any other tight end on the team last year, more than Jack Doyle. He blocked on over 50% of his plays in general, blocked on a ton of pass plays. I just, I don't see those guys breaking out being relevant. It's either going to be Brevin Jordan or Kylan Granson in a like secondary Mike Gusecki type role where they're relevant or it's going to be no one. That's why for me, I put Kylan Granson on the sheet and Brevin Jordan on the sheet even though there's a chance that they're just not relevant but you know you look at last year with the dolphins Durham Smythe played over 700 snaps Mike Gesicki played over 800 Smythe was the technically the inline tight end Gesicki was the slot guy that's what you're hoping for out of these guys but we don't know but so for me I'm willing to take a stab on them deep in drafts but you have to really recognize that they might not even play a full snap share they could end up being like anthony or cameron braid so it's kind of scary it's not not something you want to hang your hat on you definitely take him as like a second late tight end
0: i'm with uh, you jacksonville jaguars played a lot of money christian kirk he's coming off of a career season with arizona signed in the offseason marvin jones is the incumbent there they signed evan ingram travis etienne making his expected debut after missing all of last season and then Zay Jones another guy that Jacksonville went out and paid a lot of money to. They give him $14 million guaranteed, $8 million per year. Uh, Kirk, for me, I think is locked in because you don't pay a man that much money without throwing him the football. Uh, and then after that, I think there's some conversation to be had.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Kirk, Blue, I mean – the Evan Ingram fan in me wants to make Kirk green here and say anybody could lead the team in targets. But I think they paid him enough. He's a good enough player. He had 100 targets last year. So he's blue. And then I have Marvin Jones and Evan Ingram both as yellow. He both equally potentially likely to be the second target on the team. Marvin Jones kind of getting up there. Travis Etienne, I say we make him orange. It's probably unlikely he gets 100 targets, right? I mean, the guys that do get 100 targets are just like such studs that I'll, i'm not willing to say it's not possible though so i think we put him in that category where it's possible and then zay jones man i've never been sold on the guy i think honestly Derek carr is just a better quarterback than people give credit for and that's why other teams are paying these guys like nelson aguilar and zay jones but i don't really think they're overall that amazing so i really don't see zay jones getting 100 targets i don't know about you john
0: i mean he flashed pretty well at the, the second half of last season but i probably agree with you for me, it's more so just the money thing. Like, you're, are you paying a guy like that not to throw him the football?
1: We make him orange. I say we make him orange, right? I mean, it's, I mean, it's making a guy orange is saying it's unlikely. I mean, right. So it's, if it's at all, like we only want to have the guys red where it's not possible. Like with the Cowboys, I'm willing to put Zeke as red just because like, I think he's going to be the get his pass catching snaps. But you know, Tony Pollard's there, and they have the other guys, so I don't think it's possible for him to get over 100. But like Zay Jones, it is possible, so we'll make him orange
0: with you. Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey still there. No, no Tyree Kill anymore, but they replaced them with Juju Smith-Schuster. Drafted Sky Moore, signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and still have michael Hardman. Kelsey, I think we lock in for the over 100 for sure. I think it's next is a battle between Juju and Sky Moore as the number two target.
1: Yeah, I'm willing to make Juju green. I think that he's the veteran. He's playing a role that's conducive to a lot of targets when you're like that short yardage guy versus a like deeper guys. So just targets target wise, that's where I would have him as, as likely to get hundred. Now the question is with those short guys that, you know, we see a lot of these guys like, I'm on Ross St. Brown with this seven-yard average depth of target. He gets over 100 targets, doesn't crack 1,000 yards. So that's the next discussion that needs to be had, but this is just a target discussion. We'd be on this podcast all day if we started getting into the next things. I mean, we already got to kind of pick up the pace. So I would say Kelsey, blue, Juju, I'm willing to go orange. Skymore, yellow. Like I think it's possibly gets 100. And then with the two field stretchers, MVS and Hardman, unlikely. I mean, yeah. they could just because it's possible, anyone, it's up for grabs. So you got a lot of color here. Some, a lot of times what you see is you'll see a team where it's like the guys at the top are just blue and everyone else is red, or one guy's blue and everyone else is somewhere in that yellow or orange area, which that kind of uncertainty helps you out. When you're taking stabs later, but I think that for this team, it seems pretty clear that it's certain at the very top, and then it gets more uncertain as you go down.
0: A team that does not get uncertain is the Los Angeles Chargers. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Perfect think.
1: example. This is a perfect example. I should have just waited two seconds, right? Because this is the perfect example of what I was just talking about. Like we'll make Keenan Allen and Mike Williams blue, and we can make Austin Eckler green, and then everybody else is red. Yeah. Like Austin Eckler, him and Tyler Boyd are in this. Him and Tyler Boyd had near identical stats last year you know what i mean like they get the same amount of receiving prowess and Burke could easily have 100 targets so blue green everyone else red next yep. team
0: that one was that was the easy one right
1: yeah that's the easiest one
0: the next one i think is also in that similar range los angeles rams you got cooper cup 190 targets to his name last year Allen robinson van jefferson tyler higby cam Akers. top two guys blue the rest of that group maybe orange and red right like yeah orange red higby red Akers maybe
1: I think that's exactly right. I think that's exactly right. You have to give the respect to Van Jefferson as the third guy with no Odell, no, nobody else there that it's possible, especially with a team that throws this much and then uses this many three wide receiver sets. You have to suggest that it's possible for Van. He could even be, some people out there could have him as yellow. I just, because of his field stretching role, I don't, he doesn't even need as many targets to be relevant. So I think he's, I think he's orange.
0: I'm with you. Next team, where are we looking at when it comes to the Miami Dolphins?
1: Yeah, Tyreek Hill has to be blue. Jalen Waddle, I think blue too, right? The public sentiment—he runs that low A dot stuff where it's largely possible. But I think it. it here's the question: You got to make Tyreek blue. Jalen Waddle is either blue or green, and what you do there really affects your opinion on Gusecki. Because if Hill and Waddle get over 100 targets, Gusecki needs to be orange. If you have Waddle as a maybe 100 targets, then you can have Gusecki as a maybe unlikely type guy. But I mean, I think, you know,
0: honestly, I think those top two guys are blue.
1: Yeah, so if those top two are blue, then Gusecki has to be orange. And that means you shouldn't be taking Gusecki in any of your drafts yep. at ADP, which is something we've talked about. Um, and then everybody, Chase Edmond, we'll round it out, Chase Edmonds, and then Cedric Wilson as the slot player. Pretty good player. He, on a different team, I would feel better about this guy. It's just it's, set, it's not set up to be a good situation for him, so... He's on the list, but he's red. He's not getting 100.
0: Minnesota Vikings, they have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen as their top two guys. Do you think Thielen is a blue? We know Jefferson is.
1: Dude, Thielen got – I just – I look at it. Thielen rolled his ankle in week 11. He came back and kind of played in two games, but he had 90 targets in those 11 games. Even if you want to play those – if you want to count those other two games, one of them he played nine snaps in, he got 95 targets. For me – the, I don't see why Thielen wouldn't get 100.
0: Times. I'm with you. I just I know that uh, people continue to tout the downfall of Adam Thielen now for three years. So I know,
1: yeah, awesome man. I mean, he looks. I've watched videos in camp. He looks like himself. You know what <laughs> I mean? So as long as he doesn't you know, get
0: hurt, it was a hamstring problem two years ago. It Was the ankle last year? He's fine.
1: The year before, people keep saying he missed games. The year before that, he had COVID. That's not. That's an illness. It's not an injury. So, right. but I'm willing to put KJ in as orange. There's a possibility he. Bust out as like this, eh, I don't know, he's a fifth-round pick. Yeah, well, or
0: people are high on him because they're low on out that's all it is.
1: Exactly. The new coach uses a lot of three-wide receiver sets. It's the, the guy for you. Kevin O'Connell comes over from the Rams, and he's using three-wide receiver sets. So, that's so, why he has so to So be he
0: becomes the Van Jefferson of this offense. Like, exactly. Fantastic. Yep, looks that, the same. That did I, nothing for fantasy the majority of the time. I uh, think, that, And
1: I think that's fair in our chart for us to look at those two offenses and have them. The same color codes because right. it's the same offense.
0: Yep. New England Patriots, big question marks here. Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, top two receivers. Hunter Henry last year tied for team lead, league lead, and touchdowns for tight ends. Kendrick Bourne and then Pierce Strong is the rookie running back, sort of taking over the James White, expected to take over the James White role. We've seen a lot of good reports out of camp about second round pick Taquan Thornton as well. Do you think that he may find his way into a bigger role this offseason, or do you kind of like how we have it laid out with Parker? Myers, Henry, Bourne as the top Yeah,
1: player. I think Taequann Thornton is a it's the problem is the type of player he is. He's a thin, speedy field stretcher type. So he's in the same camp as Aguilar. If you give those guys, if you were to give him 150 targets, then he's like Tyreek Hill with it's the type guys, of routes. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's definitely an interesting stab in best ball, but I just don't see him getting those targets. And sure. this team for me is going to look a lot when you look at the sheet. And we're going to have the sheet up by the time this podcast is out, hopefully, so that you can look at this while you're listening, if possibly But this team's going to look a lot like the Lions, where it's we don't know at the top. We have Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers listed as the top two. We don't know. So those guys are all, I think those guys and Hunter Henry all got to be yellow. I'd put Kendrick Bourne as orange and then Pierre strong, even in the James white role, even if he has the full James white role all year, that's a big ask. So he's going to be red.
0: Yep. I'm with you there. New Orleans saints. This is the one where we might have maybe two blues, Michael Thomas. I think we lock in for blue Jarvis Landry. I think probably in that conversation, likely going to be green. green. Chris, a lot green. Do you like him? Yellow. First round pick, a lot of investment there. The Alvin Kamara situation with the suspension brought worries me a little bit. And then Marcus Calloway, Last year was their top target man, but now well behind on the depth chart.
1: Yeah, this one's tough. Michael Thomas, I think he definitely gets blue, but Vegas has him below 800-yard over-under. A lot of people I are down on
0: Michael Thomas and it makes no sense. He's done nothing but in camp but show that he's healthy. Today there was a report that he had four targets, four catches, four touchdowns when they were running end zone drills. So, Josh,
1: should we put some money on Michael Thomas to have more than 800 yards this year? Listen, I think we listen, should do we're, that. We're
0: flying to the uh, Fantasy Football Expo. My layover is in Chicago where sports betting is illegal. <laughs> if you don't hey. make in my 90 minutes I'm getting on all the apps I can to start making some plays, you're dead wrong.
1: I'm going to label my Venmo as like that I send you as doing laundry so they don't pick have yeah, dinner. Yeah, so PayPal so, yeah. doesn't
0: take our funds. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. So you might be getting a Venmo from me while you're in Chicago for Michael Thomas dinner. Yeah. Because I think that line is low, boy, for a guy that could. He had hundred yards a couple
0: years ago. What are we doing? He has a
1: record for most targets in the season. <laughs> that guy. So yeah, Michael Thomas blue, Jarvis Landry green, Alave and Kamara both yellow. If they come out and say, hey, you know what? If they come, out, they, this happens sometimes where they. It happened with the Star Caps case, right? This is kind of dating how long we've been doing this, but there was a star. Ca- the Star Caps case was a Vic- Viking's players test positive for some diuretic. And they were able to set up the court cases where they came out and said, these guys are going to be able to play the whole year. And they went to the NFC championship game, lost to the Saints, who won the Super Bowl. Those guys got to play the whole year. And then one of them, they, they were like, OK, you guys are suspended for the first four games of next year. I think Kevin Williams just retired. It was like, oh, yeah, you can take your suspension and cram it. I'm done. So they were able to play the whole year. That could have easily happened with Kamara. If it does happen, I think we've got to move Kamara to to green or even
0: Uh, move ahead. The one issue with Kamara, even though he led the team last year in receptions, was that Jameis Winston doesn't generally throw to the running backs, right? During his time with Tampa Bay, he never threw the running backs last year. He didn't really throw to Kamara. All that much so. That's where my worry comes
1: up there. Yeah, he'll probably still stay yellow in that. We'll just move. We'll, we'll keep him yellow. We'll move him ahead of a lot sure. of And But I would think I, you know, might have to move Landry to yellow in that case because it would be a little thin. But for now, Michael Thomas, blue, Landry, green. We like Landry a lot. Howard Bender likes Landry a lot. He's, you know, his ADP is not adjusted for the fact that he is... On a new team that has a quarterback that he throws a lot of picks. We don't care about that in fantasy football. You know what I mean? This guy's thrown for 33 touchdowns in a season. He's thrown for 4,000 yards. Like, James Winston can throw the football.
0: Yep, I'm with you there. Giants talking about uh, how it Reed's He's a Jets fan. His wife is a Giants fan, though. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Saquon Barkley, who are people are just jonesing over right now on uh, Fantasy mm. Football Twitter. Dale Robinson and Ricky Seals-Jones is kind of how I have that depth chart playing out, but it could really be anybody at tight end.
1: Yeah, it could be Daniel Bellinger, the rookie. He, I've been hearing good things. Ricky Seals-Jones hasn't practiced seven you know, seven straight practices, so he it's tough to make the team in that situation. It's not like we're talking about a guy who's been there. So I don't think I'm willing to put anybody here as blue, John. I mean, is there anybody that you sit, look at it and you say, that dude's definitely getting 100 looks? No. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I'll put Kenny Galladay's green. I think I'm willing to do it. Yeah. I think he's... I mean, uh, if
0: Tony's healthy, I think he gets there. But
1: he's so much I a think I'd probably player. put
0: that green. I think I'd put Tony green.
1: Kadarius Tony's the weirdest player in the league now. Like, I love him. Like, they should have a camera on that guy at all times. Like, he just... He's exciting. He...
0: Remember last year, everybody thought he was the worst draft pick ever by the Giants. They couldn't believe they took him where he did. And then he started playing at, like, 185-yard games. Like, oh. That's crazy. He's a round <laughs> pick that is great in space and can make big plays. And now he's, he's everybody's, like, favorite, like, fifth-round darling or wherever he's going to draft. So, yeah. Anyways. He's
1: he's a high upside, crazy high upside play. That's why anybody that's in the second column here, whether they're doesn't matter if they're green, or, like, the, all the guys that are blue are going to go early. You know what I mean? Like, you're not getting a discount on Higgins or Drake London. But anyone that's in the second column of this chart that's yellow or green, I mean, the upside's there for those guys. Kadarius yep. Toto, totally the upside's there. 189 yards catching the ball from Mike Glennon. Yep. But Barkley, got to make him yellow. He's that he's that kind of guy. Yep. And then Wandale, orange. Yeah,
0: mm. Wandale's going to be orange for sure. Jets, got Elijah Moore. Got Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis is your top three wide receivers there.
1: You willing to do it? I'm willing uh, to, do willing the to blue? put more
0: as blue. I am. Willing okay. to put as I like blue. it. Uh, I, I like think that. The, the next two are probably Yellow. Or yeah. one's yellow, one's orange. I don't know how you feel about Corey Davis, but we know he's going to be on the field a lot. I don't think Uzama gets 100 targets at all. And then the question is, do you think Berrios or Michael Carter is the next guy in targets after that? But either way, unlikely yeah. to get 100 targets.
1: I think what happens with that fifth spot is you get the most, and this is why we can't. I can't make Garrett Wilson green either is that you have these like second tight ends and full backs, and that's what's plagued play the 49ers in having a third wide receiver. So it's Tyler Conklin's name is not going to go anywhere near this list, but you know if he plays 50% of the snaps or 40% of the snaps, that is taking a wide receiver off the field. So you definitely can't have Barrows there, and it's going to hurt one of Wilson or Davis. So I think Elijah Moore, Blue, as a guy, we think it's going to be full-time, but there's possibility that more that no one's playing a full snapshot i don't know i'm willing to put more as blue and wilson and davis as yellow as possible but that's the scary thing for everybody else is that a lot of these teams they just rotate a fullback and a second tight end and a slot guy and it's just a big mess where everyone gets like 40 targets
0: yeah i'm with you there raiders Devontae adams lock him in 100 that's fine Mm -hmm. listen we've gone back and forth i think waller's getting there i think likely sure renfro's a possible for me and then the next two yeah. are in red, Kenny, Drake, Keelan, Cole. And we don't even know if Keelan Cole's the next guy. He's just the next guy on the depth chart. I don't think he gets there.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, we don't have – there's no team on this sheet that has one guy that's blue and two guys that are green. But this team is the one that I would consider the most for that. Like, I Adams has to be blue. And Waller has to be green. So the question is whether you think Red Fro is likely – to sneak in with 100 or possible for him to get 100, what do you think, John? Should we do this as a the, the singular blue green team, or is that pushing too many possible I mean, or they're likely? I to
0: Renfro a ton, 100% there. Yeah, I mean, sure, maybe Renfro is likely. I think it's more possible, but likely.
1: He's such a low A dot guy that yeah. even 100 targets for a guy like that, that might translate to like 800 yards. Like yeah. he might be. I think this is just a configuration that allows one of the rare configurations that allows for a blue green situation where it's, I'm willing to say likely for both those players.
0: Sure. Eagles have AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, Kevin Gainwell, and Quez Watkins. I think it'd be lock in Brown there. I think then because of the passing volume though, after that, it's, I think maybe we go yellows. I don't know. How do you yeah. think Smith and Goddard get, get a hundred targets here?
1: Yeah. I mean, for anyone listening, First, looking at this a ton
0: last year, that's a thing. So,
1: For anyone listening, looking at this chart, picture Devonta Smith as like a yellow-green and Dallas Garter as like a goldenrod that's almost like orange-ish because I do lean more Smith than Goddard. Some of these situations where it's two guys and they're both yellow in the two and three slot, it's even. This one I don't think is as even. I'm almost willing to put Devonta Smith as green just to differentiate, but it probably got to be yellow. Probably got to be yellow. I don't know, John. Smith, green or yellow? You make the call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. It's a volume thing. If it was Gardner Minshew as the quarterback, I think we'd be willing to do a little uh, more green. Listen, in I
0: like Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to take a step up this year, but I don't know if there's enough targets for Brown to get his 130 and Smith to get a hundred and Goddard to get a hundred. It just seems. Yeah. So they're probably going to get in that range, but they might fall short. So 90 targets or something like that. So uh, I agree. Steelers. Don't know who's playing quarterback for them, but they have Deontay Johnson, they have Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, Pickens, and Friermuth.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's there's, there's a lot of uncertainty. So Deontay Johnson, blue or green? He's got to be blue or green. But I'm
0: going blue. I think he just gets peppered with targets regardless.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it, everybody. Else... And then I
0: think after that, it's yellow for the neck for Claypool. It's probably yellow for Najee. Unlikely for Pickens, and yeah, probably a red for Fryermuth here.
1: Yeah, dude. It has to be red for Muth, man. I did a full write-up on... I'm not going to get into it here. I did a full write-up on it. So just go look at Andrew Cooper tight end fades this year. Big explanation why I don't think Muth can be orange on this team. He's just... He's not a guy... He'll get there via touchdowns if he's going to get there for you. It's not going to be via targets.
0: Yep, I agree. 49ers, Devo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. And then after that, basically two red players. You'll never have to worry about it. Jennings and Ray McLeod in...
1: Why does Ve- Vegas is so low? I know. On... It's
0: because they think Lance is going to just run, right? Yeah. When Garoppolo's a, step- a, back- a pocket quarterback, he's going to throw a ton. I think Lance is going to be in the same boat as like a Jalen Hurts, like Lamar Jackson, where I think one of those guys is going to get it and the other two are going to fall short because they're just going to run too much with the quarterback in the running game.
1: Yeah, I think because of Ve- Vegas has be spooked on that because they have him... Like when you add so you take like the guys that are going where Debo's being picked, and they have him at like twelve hundred yards and seven or eight touchdowns. You take Debo, his receiving's at nine twenty-five, but they also have a line for him for rushing that's 350. So which puts him in that 1,200 and seven or eight touchdown range. So it justifies his ADP, but it doesn't Vegas Vegas is Vegas got this right last year. So they seem to think that he's going to be doing a lot of running again, and maybe not catching as many balls. So I'm, I think Debo and Kittle Green. Where it's likely they get hundred. Ayuk Yellow. Everyone else Red.
0: Sure. You in on that? Yeah, I'm with you there.
1: Seahawks, man. This one used to be easy.
0: It did I mean you have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Noah Fant, D. Eskridge, and maybe DJ Dallas? But I think the last two are Reds. I think Fant's probably an Orange. Metcalf and mm-hmm. Lockett, maybe possible 100 yard 100 target guys maybe lock it more likely than metcalf i don't know
1: i say we do both of them green okay because 100 targets it's not that hard it's not that hard to get them but, uh, in this case they don't even need to be quality targets the sure. so ball goes over there yeah, the ball will go over there. It's just a matter of whether they're going to be able to catch enough of them. I think that there's a world where they're blue and they're still not good. You know what I mean? Like we watched Marvin Jones get 120 targets last year and be wide receiver like a billion sure. and not yeah, not 40, do a lot. 40
0: wide receivers last year had 100 targets. So.
1: Right. So we got a good number of guys. Virtually every team has one guy that's blue because getting 100 targets isn't anything overly special.
0: Yep. Buccaneers, Godwin Evans, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, Leonard Fournette.
1: Blue, blue, Julio, orange or yellow. I think
0: yeah, Russell Gage is hurt I think could be a yellow. How hurt
1: is Russell Gage? He's just working off over on the side, right? He's not yeah, like I
0: out. Seen, I haven't seen a full update yet. I
1: heard he was working out all over on the side, pulled hamstring, but he's like still at practice. Sure. So, orange. Okay. And then Leonard Fournette. You know, probably. He's, un- he's,
0: but he's very involved in the passing offense so.
1: exactly running back you have to be like a stud to be to I mean, even be threw considered him,
0: didn't they throw him 100 times in Jacksonville didn't he get there or was it close Let's see, Leonard
1: I thought it was
0: yeah, he, in, they, did uh, yeah they did one year they did one year on the dot last year he had 84 in 14 games
1: yeah still
0: over over a 17 game sample he would have had a,
1: we'll make him orange I'll make him orange he would
0: have had 102 targets last year over over 17 games.
1: Yeah, Ronald Jones gone. They drafted that kid though, Rashad White. Who cares? And they, they don't play they, they Tom Brady Keyshawn doesn't Vaughn. play rookie. Stop.
0: He doesn't play rookies. Why do they keep
1: drafting these dudes? I don't know. Keyshawn Why? Vaughn and Rashad White. Everybody
0: drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in like the
1: fifth round? Like what are we doing? Don't Man. remind me, bro. I got tell a team. Him. I think I, I saw I the team. Everybody. Tom Brady does not play with rookies. He doesn't do it. I got a team sitting there that has I was actually just joking about this on the uh, what the pickwise show where it's like Rashad White is like legit 20 years older 20 years younger than tom brady and brady looks at julio jones dude brady's over 10 years older than julio jones he looks yeah. at him and he's like a kid still so it's three that's <laughs> that's crazy to me yeah it's okay all right yeah i'm willing to do that if we're gonna make julio engage orange then we can Four, make Fournette, yeah, Fournette orange.
0: orange tennessee titans robert woods i think we probably locked that in for me yeah i think he gets in
1: Bro, he, his over/under for yards is the same as like
0: Michael Thomas. Yeah, that's a mis- that's a mistake. I think he's the number one guy there. Traylon Burks, I think, is a possible to a likely, but we're looking at a team that ran the second most time in football for the last three years. So.
1: Yeah, uh, this one's gonna be this one's gonna not be a colorful one. No. If we're making Robert Woods blue, then I don't think anyone else can be green.
0: I agree. Like we had that weird AJ Brown, Corey Davis here, right, two years ago, yeah. and I think we could be in a similar situation this year. Yeah, Where it's just and we those can just, guys and it's Henry. yeah,
1: I think Austin Hooper you can make orange just because yeah. he's got good rapport with the we don't know, quarterback.
0: we don't know the trail on Burks if it's real yeah. or not. Like people are saying he's struggling, he's lining up in the wrong, he doesn't know the plays, he's dropping ball. If the, that camp reports are true, then he could find himself behind the target pecking order of Hooper. So, um,
1: yeah, there's no such thing as a guy you, of saying he has to get the targets because we watched the Patriots draft Nikhil Harry in the first round and they had terrible wide receivers and he still didn't there was no have to there so it's there's no guarantee there's really no guarantee
0: yeah yeah washington
1: commanders all right so terry mccorn's blue he's a lock i'm not putting i think dodson's next right followed by curtis samuel i know curtis samuel is such a weird player he's got some conditioning issues and so a good chunk of his production comes via weird gadget plays that aren't targets. Like when he was with the one real relevant year he had with this coach, Ron Rivera, he got 20 carries. He had 20 carries for 400 yards and two touchdowns. And that's why he was fantasy relevant, not necessarily because of targets. So I'm putting Samuel as – I'm putting Samuel as orange. I'm putting Jaden McKissick as orange just because we've seen him get 100. Yep. And then Logan Thomas, because he's hurt. Yeah,
0: that's a red, red for me because we just don't even know – when he's even going to be close to healthy like last I saw he was like walking around the practice field but he wasn't yeah. doing anything
1: so. so the last player to fill out this chart then will be John Dotson and we're deciding I'm going to go where...
0: yellow.
1: I think yellow is fair. I think making him yellow talking through this team and making him yellow makes me more interested in him because I think he's pretty clearly
0: blowing up camp too. people are saying he's making catches every day.
1: Yeah, we have him. We drafted him. In... Yeah, I believe we did. Yeah, we drafted him in one of those best balls. So yeah, John Dotson, yellow, and that makes him interesting. It makes him interesting. So that that squares away our target totem pole. I'm gonna do a little write-up on it, check out. We'll get it up on the site and hopefully have it up on the site for when you guys check out this podcast. Next week, we're gonna do another one of my top secret, my top secret resources. It's the running back handcuff chart. So what, sorry, the running back questionnaire is what I call it. So the running back questionnaire is basically we look at the different teams and we look at the basically five instances where you use a running back. First down, basically your early down back, then you have third down, passing down back, goal line, two minute drill where you're losing, and then a situation where it's a blowout and you're up. And we're gonna go in for each team and say what player we think plays in what situation. So for instance, the Steelers, the answer for all five of those, last year at least, was Najee Harris. So Christian McCaffrey, the answer was all five. With a team like the Patriots historically, though, you would have Sonny Michelle, or so you would have Damian Harris on first down, and you'd have James White on third down. And when they're winning big, it's Ramondre Stevenson. Or when they're in two-minute drills, it's James White. So it can kind of give you an idea of the usage of these guys so you can better project things. These are tools that you can look at and help help you do your thing. And if you think it's different than us, that's where you can get advantage. So that's what we'll do next week. John, what do you any last imparting wisdom on this totem pole that you think or anything you wanted to share?
0: No, I mean again, I just think you gotta look at the value of targets and how they impact you know, your drafting decisions, especially and what the fantasy value it can be in certain offenses. So it'll be great to check out the article when it's released. Podcast should be out by tomorrow, I figure. If you're listening to it now. You're, then you know it's already released but for group and i probably be on the next day so be on the lookout for that give us a follow on twitter if you're not already at kube fiasco at jmpemba777 if you have any questions you can always set up on twitter or you can hit us up in the discord fantasy alarm draft guide is free as well if you're not already checking that out fantasy alarm draft guide again is free the nfl cheat sheet is free that has auction values and a draft grid on there and then of course we're selling now our in-season all-access pro package first six months of that are 50 percent off if you use code nfl50 for the monthly package there so we got a lot of great things happening for the upcoming nfl season and it can't really beat free when it comes to a draft guy coup
1: no, can't beat that, man. It's a beautiful thing this year. I Hopefully, we keep it that way moving forward. We'll see what happens. But I like having it free because now I can engage with more people, talk to more people about it, get the info out there, and then help more people win leagues. So I like when it's free. But again, we got to make a living here. We still have plenty of stuff behind the paywall for the members. Our members know the amount of tools that we offer. It's really uh, a one-stop shop. We Wednesday
0: also made a millionaire shop. last year during DFS yeah. Week three, Millionaire Mike. He can tell you all about it. He's in our Discord. So make sure you check that out and join. But for Coop and Iman, we'll catch you guys later.